0: Thank mm-hmm. you.
1: Welcome to the Acoustic Guitar Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Grizzle, joined by co-host Jeffrey Pepper Rogers, who you may know won the 2008 John Lennon Songwriting Contest with his country tune, Fly. This episode is all about songwriting competitions. We're joined by Abby Posner, Rachel Garcia, and Tu Tran. Abby Posner has been working as a musician in Los Angeles for the past 18 years. She is the grand prize winner of the 2023 USA Songwriting Competition with William H. Carpenter for their song, Get Loud. Rachel Garcia and Tu Tran write, record, and perform together as the singer and the songwriter. They won the West Coast Songwriters International Song Contest for their song, The Art of Missing You. Our candid roundtable discussion explores the impact contests have on musicians' careers, the highs and lows of participating in these events, and what role, if any, competition plays in the creative process. Be sure to check out the links in our show notes to learn more about our guests and their music. You'll also find the link to support the Acoustic Guitar Podcast on Patreon. That's patreon.com acousticguitarplus plus. If you can't make a pledge at this time, you can also support the show by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening and for chipping in if you can. We begin with Jeffrey Pepper Rogers asking Abby Posner why she started
2: entering songwriting competitions. What was your goal when you started to to enter contests? What were you hoping for? I mean, aside from the obvious, which is to win, but <laughs> what did you? Uh, what were you aiming to accomplish? I guess.
3: Yeah, so I've I've been writing music for a long time. I've been at this for um, a little over fifteen years, um, and I never really even thought to apply for these things. <laughs> to be honest, I was really focused on touring and I was really focused on um, sync licensing. And so I honestly didn't even really think to go this route until I first applied the the John Lennon songwriting competition. And then I just thought, well, why not? You know, it's just an extra bonus. Um, so I never have written songs specifically for songwriting competitions. Um, and that's something that's, it's it's almost like you have to change your mind frame a little bit, almost like writing songs for sync licensing. Um, you know, I, I write songs from the heart and, and as an artist. And then when I'm writing songs for briefs, for music supervisors and sync placements, it's kind of a different, I'm writing from a different place. So I never really thought to write specifically for um, a contest. Um, yeah, but I, it it just so happens that this last song that I wrote with my co-writer, Will Carpenter won the USA songwriting competition. And, um, we were specifically writing because it was a cause we were very passionate about. And, uh, it was, you know, art to raise awareness and to bring, um, you know, uh, to make sure that people felt heard and seen that that weren't.
1: So was that written specifically for the competition?
3: No, not at all. We had no we had no intention of winning any prizes. We we were writing kind of with a little bit of a sink. He's one of my co-writers. I write um, licensing music with, but um, we really just want. We were feeling a lot of rage at the time. Uh, this was after Roe v. Wade. Um, you know, got overturned and, um, we both just sat down and, and wrote a song.
1: And, uh, Rachel and two, how about you?
3: We've always been, uh, independent musicians. It's always
4: just been the two of us. So, um, I think one of the intentions of submitting for these competitions was to, um, feel supported, um, was to garner support from a larger institution, um we've always felt uh a bit stuck to sort of move our career forward like as we grow as artists um our career has often not followed um and so I think we saw it as a one of the avenues to gain outside support so it wasn't just the two of us um um, really hustling but just getting this like outside and I think also some validation from the the industry and from folk music Um, it's sort of this like outside stamp that says we we actually like approve of these two people um, and we think that they're good and so that sort of it's just sort of like on your website, you know, this little mark uh or it's on your social media and i think when people are booking you even if they don't know what the competition is they sort of have this like outside institutional validation of like we approve of these two people you can trust them um and so i think uh i think we were searching for that as well
1: how do you uh pick which songs to enter if you're not writing specifically for this contest say any given contest how do you choose which song is there something in particular about a song that kind of stands out as uh, this would be good for a competition
3: yeah I think that um you kind of go through the at least for me I go through my album and I think about what is what's the hook what's the catchiest biggest hook I also think about genre and which because there's I, I write a lot of different genres in my um on my albums and so i'm thinking well what's going to be like the biggest thing that can grab somebody's ear and make them want more and i'm i'm really specifically focusing in on choruses making sure that it's a little bit of an anthem um something that is an earworm <laughs> uh, the last song that will and i submitted uh, is a very big, almost anthem piece. Uh, y- we've been submitting it for uh, sports games and arenas. And I think that that was something that perhaps caught the ear of the contest, was it? it was big, it had a theme, it had a message, um, and there it was very... Um, You know, we both produced it and we both kind of added, I added a more organic natural element to that production while Will took the reins and added more of an electronic feel. And I think that when you work together as a team, it really um, boosts your chances because I'm I'm a lone wolf producer normally. And I, I just, he just makes me sound better because he's a different person and he's approaching music in a different way. So... <clears throat> I think it's, uh, this song won because it was a collaboration of two very different minds, yeah.
1: And that's uh, Get Loud, was that one, right?
3: That's that's right, yeah,
4: Get Loud. I relate to it, Abby shared. A lot goes into it, um, a lot of conversations about what they would like, what they would respond to, what the specific audience um, in that region might respond to. For instance, like the Kerrville Folk Festival is going to be like, a really different choice than something that's national. I think for us, we definitely choose what we think is our best song. Songs that we wrote almost kind of split. So songs that feel like um, we both had a heavy hand in. And then I think songs that are general enough that people can sort of overlay their own story and life onto the meaning of this song, and then specific enough that it's, like, interesting. So we call that in our band we call that telescoping so a band so a song that really has that like granular detail Um, we call it thinginess like the stuff and the details of a song so someone's really interested but also like a general enough message
3: that um, it could fit many people's like lives and stories I love that so much I totally agree with you on that Rachel that's like that's And that's also just an incredible thing for Sync, you know, like if you have universal lyrics that are kind of like, we don't really know what the song is about, even though the writers are like, this is a very important message to us, it could mean something so different to everyone. And I I really agree with what you said there, for sure.
0: Oh, I, I was going to say that I, it's something I learned from Rachel as a writer. Rachel's a poet and that like, I think the kind of anthemic stuff is like what I think would had always logically been like oh something really catchy is what people are gonna like and but i learned from rachel of, of her writing is so specific i'm always like that's so specific like no one's who's gonna relate to that but i it's without getting kind of too like shop talky about it like there's something about thinking when you're talking about like choosing a song for the songwriting competition you're up against a bunch of people right if it's a s- online submission then it's tons more people but like all these writers are writing songs and sometimes it's that really specific moment of the lyric that like differentiates you so it's they're never going to remember the title or whatever but if there's some detail in there they're like oh yeah it's that song and it's got like an egg in it you know like that's all that's needed to be like that kind of sifts to the top
2: yeah i was i was just going to add from my own experience, because I, um, after writing songs for several decades, I had this uh, feeling about entering the John Lennon songwriting contest, and I wound up winning for this song, but there was this very specific uh, feeling that I had about that song, that most of the stuff that I had written felt very um, tied to my idiosyncratic style as a guitarist, as a singer. And there was something about this song that I wrote that felt more like elemental, like I could hear a bunch of people maybe grabbing it and singing it um, a little bit more. Uh, um, I don't know. It, it's, a, it's it's related to the universal element that you're talking about, but it's also about maybe something that other people could perform too. And I was like, okay, I'm going to enter this. Um, and... Uh, it seemed to be a good instinct and, you know, lightning struck on my (laughs) first time out with that. But um, it kind of, it leads to another question that I wanted to ask you all too, which is about categories, about genre. So in my own experience, I wound up uh, entering the country category, even though I've never, ever considered myself a country songwriter. But that song, that's what it was, you know, it was based on a fiddle tune part of it. And it was, you know, it was based in bluegrass and country. Um, but a lot of times choosing a genre is different. I mean, there's folk and there's Americana and there's singer songwriter and whatever. I mean, songs can be looked at in so many ways. So how do you figure where you're gonna, I mean, along with choosing the song, What box are you gonna put it in?
3: Yeah, that's a really good question. I think that's where I struggle sometimes because I am so inspired by, uh, I mean, I love music, period. I just love all music and I'm so influenced by soul and Americana and folk and rock and pop and sometimes I'll just splatter that all on a page. Um, This song that Will and I wrote, Happened to be a very rock kind of alternative song, which is a little bit outside of my category. I tend to write more folk and Americana. Um, we did have a little tinge of a banjo in there, but we uh, will was the one that submitted, and and it was submitted under alternative rock. And I would have never, and none none of my other songs would fit that category. So it was it was wise that he <laughs> submitted under that, you know. Um, so it was uh yeah that I think that was that was part of the the winning deal. If we had done Americana, I don't know, I don't know that we would have won.
0: That's such a great point, Abby. I I think it it made me think I think one of the things you're choosing in choosing the genre to compete in is to choose who your competitors are because I feel like in some ways this just makes me think like music is such a hard thing to make compete. Like, it's kind of antithetical to how I feel about music. Um, and I think about it sort of like, um, it's like the Westminster dog show. Because like, all dogs are good dogs. And <laughs> I, that's not why I... Like how pure they are in their category is not why I love dogs,
2: you know. My dog totally agrees (laughs) with everything. I love that so much. It's such a good comparison. (laughs) So to like judge it, like it's for it's like that's
0: not the point of dogs, dogs, man.
3: Like,
0: and if I'm gonna like belabor,
3: (laughs) oh my gosh, that's so brilliant! If I'm gonna belabor that
0: metaphor, like I feel like our music's like a mutt. and. It has no place winning any of these things, but if it's going to be considered, that's pretty nice, you know?
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's wonderful. I love that so much. I really, really love that. We think of our song as a mutt, too, because it's a little bit of everything, you know?
2: Well, those are the best dogs.
3: Those are the best dogs. Although I do have a, I have a purebred, I have a Basset Hound, but he is a rescue, so don't judge there.
2: I just wanted to double back to ask when entering, because we've made, made a few references here to the recordings, and I know contests are different in terms of whether they... Uh, want a very produced recording or something simpler or but how do you think about that you know do you do you feel like is a simple demo going to be okay uh maybe for some contests, do you feel like you want something that's more really studio release worthy
3: um for me i i love producing and so i i and this is again this is just my own personal experience i don't Make anything um, half. I, I I would I would personally never submit an unfinished demo. Um, I also just love the process of producing, and I want to make it as good as I possibly can. And I always want to challenge myself to be better on each song and on each album. And I want to challenge myself to to grow as an artist and as a producer. So personally. I steer away from unfinished or just kind of raw demos. Some of the stuff that I produce in general is a little bit raw, but it's on purpose because I like that gritty, the grittiness. Um, but I would, I would definitely always submit at least a final mix, if not a final master. And that's just, that's just me.
0: I agree with that. I, I, I've, I think we've mostly only submitted completed mastered songs, um, and I think it just. And I know many competitions don't require that. And I think if you're treating it like a game, which kind of it is, right? It's a contest, that you're thinking about the other players as well. And it's just, um, you want it to hold up against other people who might, would be, you know, submitting a fully finished, mastered thing. And so it might not do your song that many favors. Um, But again, yeah, there are plenty of like, great songs and that lo-fi kind of demo quality is part of its appeal. Um, but I, I try to put myself in the the headspace of the judges if they're listening back to back to things, you know, sometimes it's like it's super quiet or it's grainy or it's, there's popping noises and, and that can get you out of the zone. And yeah.
2: Although some, some of the uh, competition, I guess I'm thinking in particularly like of the Kerrville is you, you too, Rachel and, and to you, you, went down to Kerrville, right? You were part of that competition. So they have, I was actually just looking over their uh, their their contest rules and they make this, they say in all caps, I think, you know, make sure the lyrics are really clear and and they want it and they're very strict about it, it has to be two people, maximum two people on stage, stripped down, so.
1: As I understand it, that whole competition, Kerrville is, um, you don't submit a, a song You go and you perform, and then that's your entry,
2: right? No, you submit a song, and then you get, if you're a finalist, you go down and and perform. It's
4: like the Super Bowl in that town. It was an kind of unbelievable experience that we were sort of warned about, but it was really something to see um, it unfold over two days. Yeah, you submit songs, and then you play your entries. And there's
2: what? There's 20...
0: 24 finalists, and six
1: winners. You mentioned that it was like the Super Bowl. Can you walk us through those couple days? Oh
4: my gosh, yeah. Um,
1: so it's hot.
4: It's like over 100. Um, and then so all of the theaters are outside. Um, the days that you perform are, you're in an outdoor amphitheater. So so is the audience. Um, so there's a real advantage to going early in the day. <laughs> um Kerrville, Texas. Mm -hmm. And I think what I mean about the Super Bowl is there's a lot of um, sort of feverishness about uh, this competition, uh, both among the people who've made it into the 24 and among the people attending. Um, It has a really long legacy. And I remember sitting in the audience watching my fellow. participants and seeing everyone around me had paper and pencil and they were marking notes on their um on their sheet of paper and sort of grading the songs as we were as I was watching people play
0: and to be clear there are judges the audience is not judging but they are taking notes as if they are
4: yeah there's a bit of like a a leaderboard feeling um And I remember sitting, you know, the people around me not knowing that I was going to be performing and watching this happen. And it just sort of the pressure was just sort of mounting in that way. Um, I also knew that we were like day two at the end of the day. And so I was like, oh, oh no, everyone's going to be so tired. They would have maybe already slotted in their six, you know, in their minds. So we'd have to like essentially unseat someone uh, from like the six Potential winners they were holding in their minds.
0: This is this is also to say, like, it's like the Super Bowl because I am, uh, I know nothing about sports or athleticism. So that's probably as close to a competitive sports game as I'll ever get to compete.
3: <laughs> it's like a dog show.
2: Just, <laughs> just like I'm dog. closer.
0: I will. I have more chance of competing in a dog show than in a Super Bowl.
2: <laughs> and yet the, the other part of that, and I know it's, it, you know, there are other contests that also have this that are around events so you have a bunch of songwriters coming together and you know the community aspect of uh uh, of them you know like uh, also in Colorado like the Rocky Mountain Folk Festival or or the Telluride uh, festivals that have these events and so a lot of chance to meet other songwriters to kind of you know you're competing against each other but um, I'm wondering has had experiences that sort of made you where that community aspect of it was meaningful, where you sort of feel like, well, this is my, my tribe, you know, make connections that are, that turn out to be something that, um, that, uh, you know, you come back to in another way outside of the contest.
0: Yeah. I think like to contrast that, what Rachel was describing, we stayed um, at the Kerrville Folk Festival for a week after the competition and, It was, that was the whole thing for us, like to to be able to sit around a campfire. Like it was such a stark contrast to like feeling that amount of adrenaline and stuff about that, the competitive aspect of it. It just felt so antithetical to music. And then once we were so relieved once it was over and then the week after sitting around a campfire with all of the other, you know, competition quote-unquote and just like enjoying their songs playing music together jamming on each other's songs learning each other's songs playing covers together like i was like oh yeah that's that's the point like that's so much of the value of this
1: do you feel that uh that community aspect um as well within you know the the songwriting competition community do you do you ever chat with other people who've Participated in them, or you know, trade tips, or horror stories, or anything like that.
3: <laughs> I think that w- what um, Rachel and Two are tar- talking about is like being in person uh, with people and and seeing them live and having an experience together. Um, I've I've only su- I've I have submitted to Kerrville, um, and I've submitted to I think the new song um, fest- uh, competition. And haven't gotten in, but, um, I think that there's the the only thing I can compare it to is like getting a showcase at, you know, like Americana Fest. Like we, we had a showcase, um, in Nashville and we got to meet other showcase artists and have that kind of bond, um, or, or having a showcase at Folk Alliance, which, which we do this year as well. Um, because you're in person and you're, you're like you're just, you're in a space together and you're getting to know each other and you're playing music and you're supporting each other. And I think that the differences is, is the ones that, uh, th- this recent one that we won, it was online and you know we're not in a space together and like celebrating and um, meeting other people in other categories in person. So I think the in-person effect is very special with Kerrville and uh, New Song and these other, you know, performing competitions.
1: Do you ever get feedback from, uh, you know, the judges or, or anything in these competitions? I mean,
3: yeah, there was one time I got feedback from, I think, the International Acoustic Songwriting Competition, which I was like a runner up for. Um, and uh, yeah, there was there was some good constructive criticism and also things that they really liked, I think, for that one. But I don't I don't actually know if we got feedback on the, the USA Songwriting Competition.
0: I, I think there was one um, competition through Nashville Songwriters uh, Association um, that did have a panel and they gave anonymous feedback. And it was interesting, specific to that it was a Nashville-based con- uh, competition, it was but it was only online submission, so anybody could submit. But you really got, a, I think to me, feedback says just as much about the feedback giver as the feedback receiver and so like it was really interesting to hear what nashville songwriters like valued and like they were really um looking for like stronger choruses stronger hooks and like the type of folk storytelling that our music is mostly based around you know i would you know even like the strongest of choruses that i think that's like it's it's not catchy enough for them. And so that was really interesting feedback to hear another person's perspective of, but their perspective also being really informed by the the sliver of the industry that they are experts in, you know?
2: Well, I wonder, uh, talking about having that um, credential, and I have to say that's, it is very meaningful. And there's this basic reality that there are a zillion songwriters out there and you know, if you have that that stamp it does mean something. You know, my John Lennon songwriting contest win was in two thousand eight. It's still right at the top of my bio, you know. In 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 talking about the value of, of having that sort of credential, are there specific things that you feel like doors that have opened for you? A gig that you've gotten, a connection that you've made that has happened in part as a result of? of this, or is that just too hard to trace?
3: I think it's like unseen stuff. Like, you know, I put out an album recently, uh, had a PR campaign, a radio campaign, this win, you know, like there's all these different things kind of happening simultaneously. And and you don't know if it's because of this win or it's because, oh, hey, I heard this one song on the radio. Um, but I think it's, it's kind of like when you put something into the world, it's this um, kind of whirlwind of activity starts to happen around it, whether it's very minuscule or not, you know, like the word of mouth, whatever it is. So I do wonder sometimes, well, why did I get that opportunity? Was it because of the, of the win? Why am I booking that festival now? Is it because they saw that? Um, but they won't ever, I haven't had somebody say directly, hey, Abby, I saw that you won the USA Songwriting Competition. Will you come and play, you know, Mile Music or whatever um, festival it might be? I just think that there's like when you, whenever you, I, this is what I encourage artists to do: is just like keep putting things out there. There's it creates movement in
2: some way. Maybe it's really it's just getting past that, uh, you know, that gate where then somebody's gonna decide to dig in a little deeper. I mean, whatever happens is going to be based on your music. <laughs> you know, not based on a credential itself, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. I think right now we're living in a time where streaming is so prominent. People look at Spotify plays and they look at followers and they that, like that's how they judge if you're good enough or not. Um, but yeah, there, there is something to be said for all of these things. If you, if you have that as a credential, I think that it, it certainly doesn't hurt. I just don't know if that's why I've gotten certain opportunities, I'm not sure.
4: I think I relate to what you're saying around it sort of whips up some energy. Um, we also haven't had like really direct uh, feedback that it's like, this is why um, we often think of like the main goal of a gig that we have is to get another gig from that gig. Um, and it's sort of just uh by putting yourself into those situations and sort of engaging with it, it, um, I don't know, it's, it kind of opens this like airstream of more things. But I don't know that there's a, there has been like a direct pointed um, boost.
0: Yeah, and I, I think about that. It isn't it like some, there's like some marketing adage where it's like it takes people like three times of seeing something to recognize it or legitimize it and I feel like putting yourself even if you're a finalist and you don't win there's these blasts of you know these little cycles of like well the new song uh you know finalists are announced and then it's the competition and then it's the winner is announced and you're kind of lumped in and I kind of imagine a mysterious uh listener out there being like you know the singer and the songwriter huh who and then you know a, a month later oh, the singer and the songwriter with uh, and the Kerrville and then oh this and they're like god I keep hearing about the singer and the songwriter who the heck are they you know and I, I I would hope that you know some being kind of looped into that that those little cycles just helps to kind of subconsciously enter into people's minds.
4: I, I also feel like it um, it sort of gives your fans that have been with you, those true fans, something to be really excited about. Um, you know, it's January, and so for the last decade, there's been, like, the tiny desk, right, that we we often send something in for. And um, we've been sort of noticed by the tiny desk, like, a couple times, like, rep into, like, a, a top five nature Um, like outdoor um they'll do like a feature yeah some feature but obviously not a winner and um we'll sort of send that out um as like here's this new song that we've submitted for this but i think in in sort of tech translation people think of our fans that we've won so there's always a couple people that write us and they're like I love it I'm so excited like I knew it congratulations (laughs) I knew it and we try to correct them but it's it's really it's this really sweet thing of like oh I've I've hitched my wagon to the right band and sort of like this is my team um and so, I don't know, there's there's a bit of, like, a boost for everyone that's with you. Like, I know that, like, my mom, when this happens, she's really lifted, you know? Like, it just sort of, um, it creates this, um, I just think of, like, airplane wing lift, like, around everyone that's sort of supporting you is, like, really pumped about these these little things. However little they might be, um,
3: it makes them feel like they invested in the right place, I think. Super well said. I, I totally agree with that. Um, I think that it's like you send out a mailing list with the announcement and people are like, oh my gosh, amazing, we knew it. Like we've been following you since 2010 or whatever. And they get so pumped because they are exactly like Rachel said, like you're along for the ride with this band and you've seen them through highs and lows and it's just like a win for them. I love that, it's, it's so true. I felt that, I felt so much love and I felt so lifted up by my fans when I announced this, you know.
1: That's the end of part one. The conversation continues on our Patreon page. The Acoustic Guitar Podcast is brought to you by the team at Acoustic Guitar Magazine. I'm your host, Nick Grizzle, joined for this episode by Jeffrey Pepper Rogers. The Acoustic Guitar Podcast is directed and edited by Joey Lusterman. Tanya Gonzalez is our producer. Executive producers are Lizzie Lusterman and Stephanie campos broy our theme song was composed by Adam Perlmutter and performed for this episode by Tutran. If you enjoy this podcast and want to support us, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash plus or find the link in the show notes for this episode. As a supporter, you'll have access to exclusive bonus episodes along with other special perks. And if you're already a patron, thank you so much for your support.